Welcome to Podnobbing. Today's genre, music. been asked or asked yourself for a podcast recommendation? Maybe you don't want to do all that digging or googling through thousands of podcasts we now have available to us. Podnobbing finds, suggests, promotes, and encourages both small media and international podcasts. We cover all genres and we look for media that we love even under topics we don't usually click on. We are always looking for great podcast recommendations, especially small media podcasts. So if you have a podcast or if you know of a podcast that is up and coming and fabulous, we want you to tell us about it. Josh, go ahead and tell them how to reach us. Me? You. You. You can reach us. uh, There's tons of ways to reach us. You can uh, email us directly at uh, podnobbing at gmail.com or on all the social mediums, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, where at podnobbing pretty much at all three of those so uh let us know uh what you're listening to if you have any recommendations if you have your own podcast you want us to check it out we will definitely do that because i feel like that's all we do now is listen to all the podcasts in the world all podcasts all the time fabulous so josh today's genre music now you yourself are a musician so you probably have i mean i know that the take that I have in my exploration of music and music as a genre is going to be totally different than yours. Probably. But tell me a little bit about the process of looking. I mean, you probably were already listening to music podcasts. I honestly kind of, I, I, no. I confess I was not. No, I, I, I wasn't either. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a genre. I really don't. I think what people want to hear music nowadays, they, you know, they Spotify, they Pandora, and they, they mm-hmm. pick a genre and they just go. If it's new music, if it's old music, if it's unheard of, B-side kind of stuff that they have no idea thing. So I, I don't think this is that big of a genre. Um, I think some can get big. And there's all there's different types. There's new music. There's uh, music history. There's, right. uh, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of a music podcast but like what did you come across in your when you were looking through you know trying to find ones that you wanted to recommend so i don't i really i I don't really listen to music podcasts and one of the things i am kind of loving about what we're doing i found some really fantastic things that i never never would have found if i wasn't pod nobbing yeah (laughs) but but like stuff that you're going to continue to use in your Daily life oh, oh my going God. forward. D- definitely. Definitely. So there are podcasts now that are exclusively dedicated to bringing you like new music, unsigned artists, new and up and coming artists. I have found two that I swear to God, they have all but replaced my like YouTube and Spotify listening. <laughs> they are so good. They are so good. There's one out of New York. It's called Not 97. Not as in no, N-O-T, Not 97. They say they are neither a podcast nor a radio show, so I don't really know what to 
call them, but you will find them wherever you find your podcast. And I have been just playing that every time I'm like, want to turn on some music. I'm, I'm literally, I have them on in the is background. It, uh, what is it? I don't understand. Is it like a, it's just, they're just playing music it, all the time. Is there a DJ? Yeah, like, is there a sort of, so it is usually a panel of four people. Three of them are like regulars. And then the fourth is usually a guest. It's what am I saying? It's always a guest. All of them work in the music industry or they are themselves musicians and each one of them will bring you one to two discoveries that they found like artists that they literally either pulled off soundcloud and artists mm. that they found on instagram maybe somebody that they heard in like a club when they were traveling each one brings one and then they play the entire song so the podcast starts they all introduce themselves hello and then it starts right away you know, the first person will say, this is who I'm bringing. This is where they're from. I've heard people from all over the United States, of course. And then I've heard people from London, Kenya, Sweden. I mean, like all kinds of places. And then each one of them will play an artist. And they, they're really, they all have very unique tastes, but I have yet to have one of them that I'm like, oh, I hate this person's recommendations. All of their recommendations are just knocking my socks off. And it's very eclectic because you have a group of four people. So the the fascinating thing to me is like when I listen to YouTube or when I listen to Spotify or, you know, whatever, I obviously, by my choices, create an algorithm. And I have to confess that sometimes it's like I want to break out of that algorithm, but it's already gotten to know me. So it'll keep right. kind of pulling stuff that's like, like okay, we really I, like I, this I've seen all I've seen all the Taylor Swift videos. <laughs> no, no, well, not me. But yes. So yes. Yeah, so it's like it gets to know your algorithm. And what I'm loving about Not 97 is they don't know my algorithm. There's no, nothing like that happening. So I am hearing music that I never would have discovered on my own. And I have to That's say, cool. God, it's so good. There's another one. Not 97 is so good. And there's another one that is also very good that is similar to this. There's a podcast called Homo Ground. And it is specifically it featuring LGBT musical artists, oh, okay. which is why it's called Homo Ground. <laughs> so this podcast is also fabulous. Um, it's set up a little bit differently. So there is one host who's usually the host. It's it's her podcast. And, you know, she'll open up, kind of introduce what she's playing. And then the rest of it's really just like music. Occasionally she'll have an episode where there's a short interview, but then sometimes there's also a guest host who's the artist themselves and they're like walking you through their album. So it's like you're just hanging out with the artist. But I have heard some great stuff on there too. I, I'm loving these podcasts. But Okay, but these we're not gonna do this that kind of podcast for our dive into Correct. this genre. So that you're this just telling people correct. if you want that, these are good ones to go to. You really should check these out because not ninety seven, not ninety seven, homo ground and homo ground. It is like going to all the coolest insider clubs where like the the up and comers go and play, and like you know anyone who plays there is going to be a big deal, but you can do it without ever leaving your house or taking off your sweatpants. Like hmm. it's, it's wonderful. Um, okay, you're up first. Oh right. Um, okay, so what you got? I, I had, we know I, had what you got. I had one early, uh, and it was the only one I started listening to it based off of a recommendation by a friend of mine. A little shout out to uh, Jeff-nominated actress Caitlin Rose. I told her I would shout her out in this episode um, because Bravo. she turned she turned me on to a 
um, music podcast called Cocaine and Rhinestones, and yep. it is as cool as it sounds. Yes. You're listening to Cocaine and Rhinestones, the podcast about 20th century country music and the lives of those who gave it to us. I learned this late. It was too late. By the time I started to listen to this and the time I, this is the one that I wanted to recommend, this is a big music podcast. Um, it, it did hit number one in the music category of iTunes wow. yeah. back in early 2018 when it was sort of at its peak. Um, okay. So a lot of people know about this podcast, but tons of people don't. And I think, yes. you know, we're in like kind of bubbles, you know, in Chicago and you're in mm-hmm. uh, this, the Bay Area. Um, right. Not country music. Country right. music is not uh, a featured genre in these cities, I don't think. Uh-huh. I would agree. Um, so I thought despite the fact of its popularity in certain areas, it, it is something that you do not need to be a country fan to appreciate uh, this uh-huh. podcast. Uh, Cocaine Rhinestones, it is by Tyler Mahan Co., who, if you don't know, is the son of a very famous outlaw country musician uh, from back in the day. Um, really? I was wondering who he like who he was because his yeah. knowledge is insane. It is. Um, he grew up on the road. He actually, he actually played in his dad's band until like re- fairly recently. Um, I think like maybe 2013 or something like that. Uh, I forgot what I forgot what I read. Um, but so like he played in his band uh, until his dad fired everybody for some reason. Um, oh. <laughs> So like his dad, his dad is him. a known his, his dad is a known a known country artist. He kind of grew up listening to all these crazy stories, and he didn't know what was true, what wasn't true. So he decided to delve into these crazy stories one at a time and kind of do his own research uh, and figure out what the stories were actually what, like. What was actually true? What actually happened to some of these crazy stories that he heard growing up as a kid? So each episode is one of those stories. And Tyler is um, the the first time I heard the podcast. Um, I don't want to say I didn't like his voice. It, it, that's because that's not accurate. It was that it was um, it is a scripted podcast. And like yes. you, you kind of hear that. Um, so he has like a reading voice that um, I wasn't used to uh, at the very beginning. I got mm-hmm. used to it. But what is so impressive about this particular podcast is how meticulous the research is. Like you could tell he loves this and yeah, you could tell crazy. that uh, he he's read uh, all that he can read about all these stories. Uh, he's looked into everything and he does a thing at the end of each one of his episodes. He does the liner notes section, which yes. can get pretty long. Actually, they can go from five minutes to 25 minutes, depending yep. on what the subject is, where he kind of goes in, says all that he's researched, says where he might be wrong, where he you know where there might be differences of opinion and actually like that section is one of the highlights to me of this podcast so it's so interesting did you now here's the thing is that i've never done this before where i started a podcast and then fairly quickly i think it was after three episodes i was like this is the one this is the one i'm gonna do and then went on to listen to every single episode Except that there's, I didn't get to one, and I was so disappointed that I didn't get to listen and say that I listened to the whole thing. But <laughs> you, feel like you um, missed out, yeah, yeah. But I listened to almost all of this podcast in a very short amount of time. 
So yeah, did, so I pretty much heard everyone except for the 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 I would say the last one, but it's like the most recent one. Uh, which ones did you did you listen to? So I would not call myself a country music fan, but this podcast is so so much fun and it's so good. So if you're not a country fan, that is not no. a problem with this podcast. It is actually I think it's, it's even more interesting. Like I didn't Maybe. know most of these people. Um, obviously, there's you know Merle Haggard and stuff like that. Like there's right. name, names that I know, um, but even even then, like the the most country I ever got into was like Johnny Cash and um, Willie Nelson, like and but older his, stuff, like seven, you know. Yeah, but but this guy's knowledge of not just country music but music, he he has kind of in the in the handful of episodes I've listened to, he has helped shape a better understanding and appreciation of country oh, music for me. So now he you only know. talks about the 20th century too. Like, so he doesn't go mm-hmm. into anything post 2000 um, right. because he feels like there's, there hasn't been enough time to like look back because there's this constant argument of what is real country and what is not. And it's constantly right. changing and shifting, um, yeah. which is super interesting to hear that that argument's been going back since the forties, you know, like it's yeah. just always been there. What's real country, what's not real country. And it keeps the, that, you know, the goalposts keep, keep uh, moving backwards, forwards, whatever that saying is. So he, he doesn't feel like there's been enough time yet for anything post 2000 to give an accurate description of country music and, wh- and what yeah. it is yet. So I, I think that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Which episodes did you hear? So I listened to the Winona Judd episode and I also listened to the Leuven Brothers episode. That was my favorite episode. Just so you The know. Leuven Brothers? Yes. I loved it. First of all, I loved that he started again with this examination of why <laughs> so these weird. guys created music that was so profound. He he went into um, throat singing. He went into yeah. um, sympathetic resonance. Two guitar strings share an overtone. Then you only need to play one of the guitar strings for the other guitar string to start making that sound without anyone or anything touching it. This is called sympathetic resonance. He shows you like how a guitar string will vibrate even when you've stopped the vibration yeah. of, of the other string, right? And then also he went into like blood harmony, which seems like something that I should know and understand just like intuitively. But I guess I've never really understood that like family members do have this unique opportunity to create like these extraordinary yeah. Harmonies. You know, because so uh, that, that I did. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, I loved about the episode was them talking about the blood harmony thing because I think it's yes. real. Um, yeah. So my brother is also a musician. When we've sung together, there is a weird natural harmony, and I feel like if we would have kept on doing it, I think we would have gotten better and better, and it would have been pretty crazy as far as just because there was just something natural that was there, like without even trying. Yeah, the way that this host walks you through what you're hearing i mean they're all the juicy stories and that's really fun and in terms of like his voice yes a scripted podcast of course is very different than like an unscripted pod of course but more than that like he approaches every single story even the parts that are not necessarily juicy they're just simple facts but he constantly has this hint of like controversy in his voice that you're about to hear something you might not believe you know what i mean yeah there's something like a it's like a 
it's not like a dateline, but it's like a like a wannabe dateline. Like yes, uh, yeah, that the way that he talks is just pretty. You may be wondering why a podcast yes, exactly. about country music, <laughs> exactly. you know. But his knowledge is just amazing, and it's, I love that he remains. Like, he remains very centered no matter who he's talking about. So he will confess when, like, you know, certain certain autobiographies he's reading. Like, he's like, look, this person's clearly an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there was one. And I totally so, believe him, too. Like, it, like he'll course. be like, he'll be like, this is bullshit. And here's this is what I think. It's sound. Yeah. <laughs> it makes him so believable. Well, it, yeah. And then it, the Winona Judd the episode. Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the Winona Judd episode was also really interesting. I mean, obviously her story was quite intense and I didn't know there was like so much tragedy in their lives. Well, sort of like more like craziness. But when he walked you through that song that I had never heard before called Why Not Me? Do you remember when that episode played that song? Because there's, I mean, there's most of the Judd songs I didn't know. There was a song called Why Not Me? And he basically walked you through like an album with such an average title, you don't think it's going to go anywhere. But yeah. then, like, then he walks you through the song and why the chorus being so benign and plain, but how her intonations, like her chosen inflections made it amazing. Why Not Me wasn't a great title and What About Me wasn't either. To get a really good record, you've got to write a hell of a song when you're dealing with a title that average. The weaker the title, the more you got to hear it. The finished product becomes the lead-off single. And if you don't like it, then you don't like the Judds, because this is the sound of them hitting their stride. You can also listen under Don Potter's excellent guitar playing for the laid-back sound of the keyboard player slapping the back of an acoustic guitar in place of a snare drum. You've been looking for love all around the world Baby, don't you know this country girl's still free Why not me? Right? So it's like I heard Winona Judd in, in a way I never heard her before. It was really, really, really interesting. I learned I learned a lot. I knew Ashley Judd more than I knew Winona or Naomi Judd. Like personally? Like you just, guys knew Yeah, just me personally. Week? Like I just know of Ashley Judd. Um, oh, and right. I really had no, no – I didn't know any of the songs, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. And something that was um, completely true for me – was that I thought um, Naomi was, I didn't know which one was the mother and which one was the daughter. And they talk about that in that episode about yeah. like that. It's been like that since she was like 17 or whatever, or like yeah. a teenager because Naomi looks so, she's so small and petite. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other like selling points of this podcast that you might offer to someone who's interested, who's who doesn't necessarily buy it? Like you're saying like, oh, it's well, a country I, music I, podcast. And they're like, ugh. No, again, it's it's not even about. I mean, you get an appreciation of of country music, which I didn't have. I didn't even think I could have, and I got. Yeah. The the other thing is like, there's a lot of just good stories. The Spade Cooley episode was a. It was hard to listen to. It was it was more like a true crime episode than a music huh. episode, but it was, uh, very you know graphic and Ooh. pretty horrific and it, i could not stop listening so there was that Putting that one on my list right um 
there's the Bobby Gentry stuff goes into like uh, not not just the Bobby Gentry. It was Bobby Gentry and uh, oh, I think uh, the Harper Valley PTA episodes um, go into a lot about like what it was like for uh, women country singers trying to make yes. it in the industry back then, and Ooh, it was I want to hear that one. Yeah. Oh, was, why am was, I not surprised? <laughs> it was pretty terrible. Uh, the Loretta Lynn one did that too. Uh, like um, that episode was called "The Pill" because um, she had this episode. She had the song about the pill, about the uh, you know, contraception. Birth control. Yeah. yeah. And they're talking, and they would go in, and it was banned like everywhere. Um, and they went into a bunch of different artists who had similar songs about that, and all the female ones were banned. But if you were a dude, no problem. Like you, you got yeah. your stuff on the air. And she actually, I think it was like 18 years after she recorded the pill, um, yeah. she put it out and released, and then it was a hit. So, um, of course, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- it's just a lot of interesting stories. I think there's f- 14 full episodes in season mm-hmm. one. And then he does his last episode is a season one Q and a, uh, he's one of the most, most meticulous guys I've ever heard, uh, just in how he so gathers his information, how he posts his information, uh, his website, you can go to and find out they have full transcripts of every episode. Uh, it's got, uh, all the details, all the books that he's read, uh, in order, you know, for preparation for those particular episodes. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And these stories are, are fantastic. And here's the best part. So season two, uh, he's been working on. Uh, but they gave him full access to like the country music hall of fame archives. Um, so he got to spend a lot of time in there, uh, researching and getting a lot of uh, ideas for season two, which, um, he's been teasing. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to come out, but it's definitely happening. So you have plenty of time to go in, listen to all of the uh, first season, which, uh, you know, the episodes are pretty long. Um, there's a, another two-parter, uh, two-parter of uh, Buck Owens and Don Rich um, that, to me, were fascinating. Uh, real quick, they talk about something else in that. Uh, it's kind of like Blood Harmony, but it was it was basically the the if you're a musician in a band with another musician, yeah. sometimes if you're in that same band for a long time, you mm. almost have like a telepathy uh, between you and the other person. And you like you know, to sync up? Yeah, you, you know when somebody is going to change, even when you're just like, it's not normally where you change at that part. Um, oh. And th- it's true. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what the science is behind it or if it if it's just all, all hooey. But I've felt that before. Um, this, this thing that happens sometimes when you're in the middle of playing and you can't quite explain why. Like you'll make the same mistake at the same time. And uh, it's, it's just really interesting. There's so many things we don't understand about how we chemically connect with each other, how you can sense somebody who you play music with is going to shift or change. You see it in dancers, too. Even when they're not dancing together, even when they're not touching, dancers can literally start to pick up and sense how another one is moving and when mm-hmm. they're going to turn and when they're going to shift or whatever. They can pick that stuff up when they're when they've been moving together for a long time. There's so much Star Trek science that just has such a big future ahead of it when we're finally able just to like scan our energy output or whatever that we'll be able to figure this out. But yeah, it's a fantastic 
fantastic recommendation. And even though, yes, it's kind of becoming a big hit in some circles, there are so many people who know nothing about this or who would totally think it's not for them because I'm not into country music. Oh, God, it's so worth your time, you guys. And if you're a music appreciator, you know, you consider yourself amateur or audiophile, whatever, you will love I don't like that this term podcast. at all. Audiophile? Yeah, no. You don't That's... like audiophile? No, I don't. Audiophile? Audiophile. Hmm. It's like a cinef- real word. Cinephile. <laughs> Any files. You're like, nope, no. I don't want to be called that. No, thank nope. you. Uh, all uh, right. But yes, Cocaine Rhinestones, highly recommend. Yep. Uh, go give it, a, give it a listen on all major platforms. Shall we take a little quick break and then, uh, and then do my rec? Let's take it a break. Let's take a break. All right. We are back. I just so, stared. I just stared out of the window. Did you have deep thoughts? Did you no. imagine your yesteryears? Nope. I was watching a bug crawl across the glass. Okay. So I stumbled on some super interesting shit about music and how it affects the brain. So current research is proving how detrimental it is to the human brain to actually take out music exposure and music education. Music stimulates more parts of the brain than any other human function. This has been proven with functional MRIs. Additionally, what is actually chemically happening in your brain when you are exposed to music? One of the first things that happens when you hear a piece of music that you like is you release dopamine. Most people know what dopamine is. It's a neurotransmitter. Transmitter, it's the one that makes you feel happy. Now, likewise, hearing music you don't like will actually produce cortisol in your body, which produce when you're super stressed. So research has shown that listening to music is also associated with upticks in immunity-boosting antibodies and cells that protect against bacteria and other invaders. It has also been proven to be effective across a variety of treatment scenarios for conditions uh, ranging from premature birth to depression to Parkinson's disease. Music actually influences our gray matter. For the developing brain, research has shown that children who learn to play music develop a better connection between the left and right hemispheres of their brain. It actually increases gray matter in volume. A really fascinating mini documentary that I found that was incredible. It's literally 25 minutes long. It is from Wired, you know, the tech publication Wired. It's called How Does Music Affect Your Brain? Tech Effects. So in this documentary, they actually show functional MRIs being performed on musical artists. So they took the fantastic Negrito and they did two things. They put his head in a functional MRI and had him recite songs that he knows. And then they watched the parts of his brain, you know, light up when he's reciting songs that he knows and he loves. Then they gave him an instrument, which he was like playing on his lap because he was lying down. And then they had him like just jam out. But they had him just jam out. He was like playing music and just improvising and making up songs. 
And then they showed his brain on the functional MRI and his friggin' brain just turned into a fireworks show. Every part of his brain was just lighting up like bonkers. And it was amazing to watch it. Um, They also had a crazy clip on there of Gabby Gifford, the congresswoman from Arizona who was shot Mm. in the head. You remember? I do. They... They had one of her speech therapy sessions and she was really struggling with some, you know, pretty simple words, struggling with pronunciation. So then her speech therapist took out a guitar, started playing music, and then they were going to sing songs using those words. And all of a sudden she could sing all of them perfectly. Like she could articulate all the words that she was absolutely incapable of saying when they were just trying to like talk. It was amazing. Yeah, music's cool. And then finally, if you're interested in learning more about the effects of music um, on our health and our wellness, there's a man by the name of Robert Gupta. He was an aspiring MD who became professional violinist. He has several TED Talks that will blow your mind. Um, and they're absolutely beautiful. So if you're interested, the documentary from Wired, How Does the Music Affect Your Brain? And then also any TED Talk with Robert Gupta. So, yeah. so Cool. Yeah, I was talking before in a previous episode about the uh, that sleep app that I use. Yes. Uh, and so they have like, yeah, there's like just uh, different stations have different frequencies and they're supposed to be like, you know, 450 megahertz or whatever is like, right. is uh, help you in your relax or alleviate stress or do all kinds of, do all right. kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if that, if that actually works. Uh, there's also like frequencies of like planets, so have like Earth frequency and the Saturn frequency, and you can just go to bed listening to weird. Uh, space oh my god, sounds. that's that's interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. I don't that's know if it works because cool. you know you're sleeping; and it's your subconscious. But... <laughs> you don't know, but, but you're sleeping. I don't so feel smarter. Right? Uh... <laughs> okay, so my pick for music. Um, it's quite epic. I found this podcast utterly epic. It's uh, from BBC, so I know it's not small media; it's international. But oh, you're going, you're going overseas. That's yes, weird. I'm going overseas. I know I travel overseas <laughs> often. But my two music recommendations, like for new music, those are both here, by the way, BT Dubs. Um, but this is from BBC, and it is called Soul Music. Every episode of Soul Music is kind of an epic journey. So some things to know about Soul Music. One, these historical mini documentaries have been put together since 2008, um, and they have episodes all the way to 2019. It can take up to five years to make a single episode, you guys. So while if you go under BBC Soul Music as a podcast, you will have no, there will be no shortage of things to listen to. But they just released, I think they released two already this year, and they may not release another one till like December, if their previous pattern is any indication of what to expect. Sometimes they only release three to four episodes a year because these are huge projects. I guess I didn't understand. Okay, I guess I don't understand what the... Why it would why take, it would take so up long. to five years? Yeah. So every single episode of Soul Music is 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 titled by a song. Some of them you're going to recognize. 
Some of them you will not like it might just be like literally a classical composition. And if you're not into classical music, you'd be like, what the hell is that? One of them is like the Star Spangled Banner. You know, one of them's Carly Simon's Let the River It's my favorite Run. song of all time. I, which one? Star Spangled Banner. I see. So <laughs> what each episode does is it examines like the history of the song, right? So for example, one of the episodes is called Songs of the Civil Rights Movement. So there's a lot of there's a lot of history, um, songs that people may not necessarily know like who wrote them um, or uh, when it was written, why it was written. All Every episode does this. When it was written, why it was written, who it was written by, if they know. And then specifically what the, what the purpose of it was at the time. Was it written for a film? Was it written for a protest? Was it written for a battle? But then they walk you through the many different influences that this particular song had at, at so many different stages of the song's existence. So they will have perhaps current composers or they'll have uh, music historians they'll do a little talk about the song and and perhaps why it was important and why it was special and why the structure is interesting then they will work their way through to just an ordinary person who may live next door to you just a regular old me and you a regular old me and you for whom the song was was profound for them at a, at a very difficult or very extraordinary time in their lives. So to me, it's like the song every... So it's like more, it's more like finding the right people oh, I think, to give their stories. I absolutely think... Is what takes a lot. Yes, I absolutely yeah. think that the reason why it takes five years to make one of these episodes is you, they probably have to go through so... There's probably so much that gets cut. You know what I mean? Like so much stuff that gets cut yeah. about the song that they research, they do people, they interview, that ultimately they whittle it down to like this really perfect group of people that make... That make this amazing episode. Yeah, I actually found myself wanting to hear more about the history. I, mean, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, they leave you wanting, you know, to to hear more before it went into like it was like just getting good about the history of the song, and I wanted to know more about it. Uh, but and then it went to these like kind of personal, different personal stories about each one, which were all like they were all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the history part. Yeah, the most. Yeah, I, think. I hear you. I mean, I I really loved getting into the personal bar- parts, and um, you know, they did Cindy Lauper's True Colors, and it was. St- I listened to that. One. I love. I loved that episode, but it was kind of funny that the guy that wrote it was just kind of like, yeah, I was just trying to write a positive song <laughs> that connected with yeah, people. It was supposed to be a gospel song. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He wrote it kind of like a gospel song, but then like it became an anthem for a lot of you know, people fighting for LGBT rights. I think it's not dissimilar to what's happening with the kids down in Parkland, you know, with gun violence. I think there's something that happens when you're a young person and you literally face death head on that makes you fearless in a way, that makes you not put up with the BS, that makes you want to fight and know that it's up to you. And if it's not you, then who's it going to be? To let them show so it it was um right the butterfly effect of of art that goes out into the world uh is 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 untraceable uh like you you, there's no way you put one thing out there and you can affect a life not just somebody that you know or somebody close to you it could be a stranger 50 years later you know what i mean that 
just appreciates this classical piece of music and uses it to soothe their child or uh, whatever it is. Uh, it, it's it's pretty intense. These uh, what I found interesting is these episodes are so easily digestible. Yeah. Um, you know, I was only going to listen to one or two because I'm only supposed to listen to one or two, but I listened to a bunch just because they're so easy and so good. Oh. Um, I I literally clicked on the first page. And I was like, uh, okay, God Only Knows, one of my favorite songs of all time. I will do that oh, yeah. one. True Colors, one of my favorite songs of all time. I'll do that yeah. one. <laughs> Shine On You Crazy Diamonds, one of the best Pink Floyd songs ever written. I'll do that yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just kept going. Yeah. Um, I did the – oh, wait, hold on. I've been working on this. I did the uh, – <clears throat> hold on. Let me light a cigarette. Ooh. Oh, 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 wow. This requires a prop. Yeah. I did the prelude à la première midi de un fan wow. by Claude Debussy. Whoa! I have my legs crossed uh, uncomfortably close <laughs> together. And what I heard and didn't know at the moment was Debussy's setting of Marlemey's poem, Prelude to the Afternoon of, of Fawn. entranced yeah it, it, it's a really really so. beautiful podcast it's extremely well done and i was also inclined to only click on episodes that were songs that like i liked you know or that at least i knew where mm-hmm. i grew up with but i ventured out of that and i clicked on like a few classical pieces that i honestly knew nothing about and i still like had such an amazing experience listening to those episodes they were still so friggin good yeah i think that was my favorite the, my favorite episode was the Claude uh, WC. That one? Yeah. The Prelude à l'après-midi. I think it's like a prelude to an after mid-afternoon fawn or something. I forgot yeah. what it is. But it is incredible piece of music. Um, and the stories that went along with this, that particular one, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite ones yeah. out of all, out of more than the songs that I knew back and forth. Yeah. Um, that song was most impressive. Yeah. They actually got on the Shine On You Crazy Diamonds one, the Pink Floyd one, like David Gilmore was on there Ooh. talking about like how he came up with this, you know, bow, 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 yeah. riff. And I was so engulfed. I was like, what? This, okay. I'm in the mind of David Gilmore right now. And he's just like playing the guitar. And it was, it was pretty sweet. Uh, but then again, it goes away. You know, like, no, I want to hear more from David Gilmore. Oh, oh, yeah. So I guess, I, yeah, I didn't feel, that's interesting that you felt that way. I did not feel that way. I never, I never in this, with this podcast felt like I was so entrenched in every moment. I, I never felt like, wait, wait, I want more. Like I was, I just felt like I was on a river and that I was moving so seamlessly. I, th- I think there, it is yeah. so highly produced. I mean, for God's sakes, it's the BBC. You know what I mean? So it is so such high quality that it's 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 really beautifully done. But I'm so glad that you yeah. liked it. Um, and uh, oh, it was so easy. It was so easy to like. Yeah, and I I would say even if you don't consider yourself a music lover or audiophile, you will probably yeah. still appreciate this i can't imagine i mean i don't think i've ever met anyone that doesn't like music but maybe they're out there but like i hate music i hate it i hate all its happiness and i hate that it makes me release my dopamine people trying to make me i hate laughter too i want to be happy (laughs) this 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 particular podcast is so his it's so historically interesting so if you're interested i mean music is 100 percent a 
a part of any country's history. It is it is so, in, I think, invaluable to our history. So if you're interested in history, I think you'll love this podcast. What was really striking was how some of these people created these things and they really one they didn't they did not for a moment think that it would have such a huge ripple effect like you said but then two Mm -hmm. a lot of them did not create it with the intention behind it that it then developed i highly recommend bbc's soul music i don't think you'll regret it and if you do, please don't write me about it. I'm I'm sorry. I don't understand why you don't like it. No, I thought it was awesome. Um, I was it. I, I was it just me or did did I, I could only find it through like the webs like through the web. Uh, are they on? Yeah, they're on Stitcher. Like, are they on podcast platforms? Okay. Yeah, they're on Stitcher. I didn't look that hard because I found it easy when I just searched yeah. it. But maybe it was Chartable or something. Let's give a shout out to Chartable. By oh the way. Oh my God, we love you, Chartable. Um, yeah, uh, Chartable does not pay us. Um, yet <laughs> but yeah, uh <laughs> um they uh they are just a website that uh breaks down podcasts by genre uh, and by platform mm-hmm. and gives us all the historical data on those podcasts to see where they're charting currently where they uh, their history of uh, standings in the ratings um, and it is kind of invaluable to me anyways yeah, i agree uh, when researching which podcasts uh, we should be talking about yeah which one needs more attention? So, I agree completely. Soul music, BBC, uh, fantastic, and Cocaine and Rhinestones. Those are our two picks to click for this week. Yes, sir. For, for genre. Music. Music. Shall we go into the lightning round? Oh, yeah. This lightning round always gives me anxiety. Okay. Lightning round. Okay. Quell okay. your anxiety, my friend. There are no wrong answers here. Are there really? Are there? I think there no. are. There are Mm -mm, wrong answers. mm -mm, mm -mm. No wrong (laughs) answers. Okay. First up, what are you watching and what are you watching it on? Okay. um, So I watch all the dumb uh, superhero shows. Sure. From the, the, whatever it is, whatever channel that's on. I don't know what channel it is. The WB. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is. But the Arrow and the Flash and... Supergirl and Black Lightning and all. the time travel one. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't say I love them all, but I watch them all. Mm-hmm. The and then there's at this time of the year, yes. they Netflix puts all of them out at one time, pretty much. Oh. Um, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. Like they all come out, and um, there's all there's like twenty something episodes in every one, and I'm completely overwhelmed. <laughs> Because it's a lot, and I feel like I have to watch them all now. What do I choose? What do I choose? So, <laughs> yes. So I'm going to say that I recommend my the favorite out of all of yes. those, and the one that I finished in its entirety the fastest, yeah. and that's uh, and that's the Flash. That's that's my favorite of those ones. So uh, that's what I'm watching right now. I'm watching the Flash. The Flash. Oh, another quick thing. Another thing that bothers me. They, so they put all those out at once, but there's always these crossover episodes in the middle. Uh-huh. Of the season. Oh, yeah, where the characters like that, enter each other's world. Right. Or so, like, the arrow will come into Flash mm-hmm. world and Super, mm-hmm. and they all get together and they have like this an, with one separate storyline that is completely separate from the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, then you got to like watch episode 10 of The Flash and then 
the arrow one comes out and she got to find that one on the arrow and then oh. you got to find the supergirl one it's 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 oh, just it becomes like a puzzle you have to like literally go hunting it, it for the pieces yeah you got to put all the pieces together oh. and you're like i don't know if i want I wish there was a way they could separate them somehow and just put them all on like here's the combined episode here's just a special with the combined episode that would be convenient they're probably just trying to get you to Netflix. Like literally Go to all that. You know, they want you Listen to Listen to my recommendations. Yes, Netflix. This man has a complaint. Mr. Netflix. <laughs> Did you know that the, the owner of Netflix is actually, that's his last Mr. name? Mr. Netflix. Netflix? Yeah, it's like Tom Netflix. I'm sure that's true. Um, okay, what I'm watching. What are you watching? I am watching something on Netflix, but it's actually on FX. But now that the second season's coming on, you know, Netflix gets it. Uh, I actually just, I, fin- I binged it. I binged the hell out of it. It is the show called... Pose. Pose is so damn good. Pose is about Pose. Pose. P-O-S-E? Yeah, P-O-S-E. Never heard of it. Pose is about um, the LGBT community uh, in the 80s in New York. And specifically at the heart of the show is these um the, like the proms or like a, a they're like a Miss America show or whatever, where they would host them like every weekend. And it, it, it seems, I mean, at least the show, it clearly features all the trans women competing like in costumes. You know, they're given like a particular like um, category and they have to dress in the category. And then like the crowd, there's a there's a, uh, a table of judges and then, you know, the crowd gets to like kind of cheer or boo or whatever. The, the, po- the, the ballroom part is pretty friggin' harsh. It's also spectacular and entertaining, but the characters in this show are heart stealers. They are so good and they are so well developed. And particularly the lead character, the character's name is Blanca Evangelista. Oh my God. She is like the mother I just, I want now, not even always want, I want her now. She's just an amazing character with so much integrity and so much heart. I I can't tell you, like, I'm rooting for her constantly. But every character in the show is so beautifully developed. Um, and it has actually the largest number of tr- uh, trans women actress actresses on a show, like, ever. So that part is also super cool. And it's fun. It's great to support that. But the show is so friggin' good. And it's called pose you should watch it okay is it dumb that the only person that i know in this show is the white guy yes so he's from evan peters um, i know him from the american uh, horror story american horror story yes he was in american horror story no you know why because they're really oh i know the white girl too kate mara oh yeah her too that's right that yeah they mm -hmm. um james vanderbeek is in this yes and i don't want your life that guy And yes but you're also the writer's so Janet Mock is one of the writers for this show. And if you have ever listened to or, or read anything from Janet Mock, she's awesome. So I am not surprised at all that this show is friggin' awesome because Janet Mock is a big part of it. But it is um, it is not surprising that you haven't seen a lot of the other people because, you know, I mean, trans actresses don't get a ton of opportunities. So and a lot of these women are, are trans women. So, yeah, it's not surprising at all. But they are killing it on this show. Cool. All right. I don't want your life. <laughs> and with that note, pose. <laughs> and the category is, um, okay, so what are you reading? Josh, what are you reading? Uh, okay, so 
I don't read that much. Mm-hmm. And like my work, um, for some reason, started like a book sharing thing. Oh my! So there's my, just a my. there's just a bunch of books in the mm. in the kitchen. Ah. Um, and nobody is nobody's taking advantage of this. There's just a bunch of books. They've been there for weeks now. So, Lonely but I was perusing the uh-huh. books. And I, I found a coloring book, which is more my style. So I grabbed that, I see. like one of those adult coloring books. Okay. And then there was this book. Oh. Oh. I have it right here. Oh. It is, <clears throat> it's a Star Wars book. Ooh. It's called Lost Stars. Mm. It's all black, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. And so I like I I flipped it open, and I kind of like, you know, flipped through the pages. Yes, I hear them. And. Uh, and yeah, so I perused this book. Uh, I don't know if it's canon. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it takes place. It's obviously in the Star Wars world. Um, what is it called? Star Wars Lost Stars. So maybe I'll read that at some oh, point. Oh, okay. The pages feel good in your hands. So, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, yeah. it's a cool looking yeah. book. It's a cool looking yeah. book. It's all black. It's, yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. That sounds very so, promising. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm reading. Okay. So, my book rec. I know you. What are you, what are the one of the five books that you're currently reading? <laughs> actually, I'm about to plug a book that I finished. It, I, I actually read this whole thing already, but um, but it, I really really liked it, and I learned so much from it. So, um, the author is Tanner Colby. He himself is actually, uh, you know, he has been on the New York Times bestseller list because he writes a lot of biographies. However, this guy took on just kind of out of nowhere his editor was talking to him about what his next book was going to be and tanner colby decided to write a book about race in america and he called it some of my best friends are black so basically tanner colby set out and decided to try to figure out why he had so little exposure to black people throughout his life. And then furthermore, why now, you know, he has so, so few black friends. That is that literally he is what he states in the beginning of this book. And he did an incredible amount of research on the history of segregation in America. Well, into quote unquote integration in America, which is actually important to say because he basically walks you through all the policies that never really allowed true integration to happen. So, you know, uh, the school systems, right? What happened with forced integration of schools and how basically that led to all these different private schools, uh, the creation of the suburbs, the housing uh, chapters are fascinating. They are so so interesting and, of course, incredibly frustrating and heartbreaking. But the creation of the suburbs and then the creation of low-income neighborhoods and basically how, you know, um, uh, crime was trafficked through the low-income neighborhoods, even, unfortunately, apparently the Italian mob. We, you know, those are probably my people. And they had a lot to do with that. So um, it is it is really, really well written. He's a fantastic writer. And if you are interested in learning like the all the little tiny laws that were passed along the way, all the private companies that kind of invested in privatization to ensure that, you know, integration didn't really happen. This book is incredible. So I highly recommend it. And this book didn't make it to the... What was it called? It's called Some of My Best Friends Are Black, which is why I picked it up because it's a funny thing that you hear a lot of people say that didn't grow up in in very integrated um, environment. Okay. 
Cool. What are you listening to? Music. Music. Yeah. Speaking of music, what are you listening to? Yeah. I, well, I got to be honest. Um, the, as far as what I'm listening to, it was the music stuff that we that we heard. Like it, like I said, I went down rabbit holes, so that kind of took up all of my music, music time uh, intake. Yeah. Yeah, for 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 the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, listen to a lot of country music that I would not normally listen yeah. to. Um, and, but then your podcast too. Like I was like, oh, I went down a you know, I was like, I haven't heard Pink Floyd in a long time, especially the old stuff that I like. Um, so did that for a few hours, you know, while I was at work. Um, uh, had the thing with those that podcast, the uh, BBC Soul yeah. one, is that. It doesn't re- ever really play the whole song, Correct. so like it'll play like little bits of of pieces kind of over and over or throughout little different takes, different um, what do you call it, like covers of those yeah. songs. Like, but they they kind of play like the same bits or maybe like a couple of different bits, but you never get the whole right. thing. So on every single one of them, I had to go and listen to the you entire song the like in its entirety by itself. Yeah. I think that's I just, awesome. It was some sort of closure thing. That's awesome that you were inspired to even do that. Like that tells me that that podcast is amazing. If you were like, I need yeah. to hear this whole piece of music. I'm, I don't, I'm being teased here. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot how amazing the Pet Sounds uh, album is by the Beach Boys. Like forgot. Yeah. Like I, I knew that it was one of the greatest albums ever. Yeah. And went back and listened to that whole thing. It was just like, oh God, this is so good. Brian Wilson was so good. Uh, if that's not um, a pitch. Like it's, it's up there with like. Yeah. If that's not a pitch for soul music, I don't know what is. Clearly, like it just has such a deep impact on anybody You're who listens. Pitch. I'm a pitch. Um, What'd you? <laughs> you shithead. Okay, so I am listening. You know what? I'm actually. I've decided to use this opportunity. So every single episode of Not Ninety Seven, I hear so many artists that are are so exciting, and these are all like young, new. I just would never find this stuff any other way. So I pulled one of the artists that I just – I listened to an episode today. I think I actually listened to two episodes earlier today because they're not very long. And uh, this particular artist, this song was just so beautiful. And this particular young man who I believe wrote and released this song at like 22, uh, he studied in Berkeley. So it was a little local thing too. Um, But the artist goes by the name Tega and the song is Scars. And I – might just end this episode with a very, very, very brief piece of it and hope that that goes over okay. I think that's going to do it, dude. Oh, what? what's next? Tech. Tech. Next episode, two weeks from today, from when you're hearing this. And our next category is tech. Like knowledge It's tech time. I'm tired of these scars all over me. I have time. I just need a minute to breathe I love evolution with vitamin E Can't heal these scars lying underneath Come look at me, baby 